And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. How are we today? Doing pretty good. To today, a little bit, a little bit better. We've recovered a little bit from the the, the Notre Dame sadness that was yesterday. Uh, I'm ready to turn the page, though. We're, we've got a couple good games this weekend. Some good Pac-12 opponents, and hopefully, you and I don't yell at each other too much when we do our Heisman debate later. We have some decent opponents, I would say. I I, I would. He, here's the thing. I don't think we know. I don't think that. I think we we are on the a border of finding out what we have in Washington this yeah. week. We will find out exactly what we have because they've played nobody. Yes, that we're and we're going to be talking about that on today's show, and it's really a discovery for both of those teams. It's I don't think it really is for Oregon. I really well, don't. I well, think I, I know. Think, what I, I think I know what I got. The way that they struggled against Texas Tech, Tech is why I'm not totally bought in and why I have a little bit of pause and why, you know, we we need so to figure out if they're legit. What about Washington struggling with Cal? Well, that's the thing. What about both Washington of these, struggling with Arizona? That's what I'm getting at. Both of these teams have had weeks where they've struggled but looked incredibly impressive. So it's exposure to who's the more real team. Maybe this game's really close. Maybe this is another uh, – It's a three-point spread. It's basically a pick them. Yeah, and maybe we get another rendition of Oklahoma versus Texas and we get to get a really close game and come out saying that both these teams are really good. I do think it's going to be a one-score game. I think it comes down to the end. We'll make our yeah. picks uh, later in the show. I'm leaning Oregon because I do think they're way too physical. Not I, shocked. I do, well, I, I love Michael Penix Jr., but he, <clears throat> here's a – you want to talk about Heisman. He, who, you want to be a front-runner, win this one, and do it impressively. Yeah, this could be this could springboard a guy like a Michael Penix for both of them. I don't think Bo Nix can play. I don't think Bo Nix can win it. Win the award? Yeah, I don't think he can win it. They'd have to go to the playoff, and I don't think they are. I would argue you're right. I would argue though, if Bo Nix has an impressive game here, similar with Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel now enters the debate. He moves his way into that third guy conversation. And is in a position now to finish the season with a strong record and, and strong stats. But for Bo Nix, he's got a couple other challenges down the line. So you use this as a momentum builder. It adds to the resume. It looks really good. And he's been pretty good so far this year, except for some rough spots against Texas Tech. Washington has a brutal schedule from this point forward. Brutal. Yep. And i got to be honest. I think it would be an accomplishment to be 2-2. Two and two. Hell, if they, if they're three and one in it, they might go to the playoff. They should go so, to the playoff if they're not three, if they're and, three one and one. I mean, they, they, you got to win the conference championship. Yeah, like, that's not okay. Yeah. So we'll do our top ten. Joe and I will have the debate. I, I will admit, I am battling a pretty bad headache. So if I start yelling, it's because I'm really pissed. Okay, Joe. So the goal for you today is to not piss me off so bad that I start yelling again. Yes, I'm I will. going to make you admit that Jane Daniels deserves to be in the conversation. To, to be fair, last week, I think I caught you at the wrong time because you were so upset over over the loss to Ole Miss. So it was just that you caught me timing. at just the worst time. I, I think this might be a little bit more of a cordial debate. I think that this might be a little bit more cordial of a conversation. 
spoiler alert, I don't have Jane Daniels in my top three. He's number four for me. He's number four. He's right there. And depending on how, how the season finishes, he might be in that top three, top two. But team record's important for this award. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're you know why Tebow won the award as a sophomore? Who did he beat? Who who did he beat out that year? I forget. I, I, I Darren McFadden actually, and that and people think that McFadden got snubbed. The guys that have won it, Darren with, McFadden deserved to win that award that year. Yeah, but the guys that have won it in years where their teams had bad records or not didn't run the table, they were, not, they were ten month. and two, nine and three, ten and two. They had the same record. You're saying Tebow? Yeah, Tebow. When Tebow won it, I think they had four losses. But four. what I'm getting, what I'm four. getting at here, we four. keep bringing up that we keep bringing up the RG three Tim Tebow example. But look at who they were competing with. This year is a, a crazy year for the Darren guys. Fan ran for two thousand yards. It's like I know you're, I know you're too young to remember Darren McFadden. Remember you Darren were still in your mom's kit. But I mean, Darren McFadden went off. It's going to be a quarterback heavy award. We know that. For a Got running back to win it, there has to be no there has to be nobody. Nobody be no is. Nobody really is. Uh, look, I don't think that Jane Daniels is going to win it at the end of the year. Plain okay. and simple. I didn't, the conversation. I didn't say win it. I, okay. I just I just think that the, Joe, they play Auburn, they play Army. You kind of believe that they could go they could go into Tuscaloosa and win. You're pretty much saying that you think that they could win every – they could win out. If they win out, he is okay. then in the conversation to win the award, but I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see. We got our top ten. I think it's – we're pretty much in lockstep and key on most of these. We'd be fighting over yeah. – we're going to – you know, I'm not going to fight for semantics with you this week over Washington. I can't, I'm not going to do it because okay. that's going to be played out on the field. But there is one team that you have in your top ten. I think it's a little um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Interesting, to say the least. Controversial? We'll, no, I don't want to go there. I'd say risky. I think risky okay. is a very good word. I think risky okay. is a very good word talking about your top ten. We'll talk about Oregon and Washington. Massive game in Seattle this weekend. Looking forward to breaking that one down, and then we'll do our Heisman picks as well so joe let's do this let's waste no time because we got a lot to discuss let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag before we do that guys you know what time it is do us a favor hit the like and share if you're on facebook do it like share comment you know what to do if you're on youtube constantly gr uh, gaining subscribers joe mm -hmm. you know i was looking at the analytics <clears throat> did you know that we have like a hundred thousand views this month did yes. you know that 72% of people aren't subscribed? You freaking Rudy Poos. Hit that subscribe button and notification bell. Don't be a Rudy Poo. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. You're constantly coming back listening to the show. Don't be a Rudy Poo. Yeah. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. You're watching us on Fubo TV. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends at Bet Online, though. Don't go anywhere. We break down our top 10. Next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, 
esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. They blew it. Texas absolutely blew it. Did you still rank them? I didn't. I don't no, remember. I uh, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, yeah, I did. I have them at nine. Okay. So okay. let's talk about it. Here's mine. You always get to go first. So let me you go make first. Make me go mine. first. I don't okay. want to hear well, it. Here is the correct top 10. Like, this is the correct top 10. This yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I see you in the background making the little hand <laughs> gestures with your room. Really <laughs> but here's my top 10. The actual top 10 of college football. Number one, Georgia. They put on a display like nobody's business. Joe made a risky choice of bringing them out and putting them at two last week like a Rudy Poo. He shouldn't have done that. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Florida State. Number four, a new team in my top ten, the Oklahoma Sooners when the winds come running down the plains. Ohio State at number five. Number six, Penn State. Number seven in Oregon. Number eight, Washington. So a seven and eight matchup this week. Number nine, Texas, and number 10, Alabama. Go ahead and talk. tell me why you hate my Alabama pick at number 10. I don't hate it as much as I have in the past. Admittedly. I, I, I was oh, really so you, against so it. Last week when you yelled at me, you wound up being wrong. No, 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 no. Oh. No, I didn't end up being wrong because, might I remind you, you also picked Texas A&M, so we were both wrong in a way. We were both wrong. To some why extent. do I always do that? Why do I? Why does my brain tell me one thing in my heart? I do something else. It's a really good question. I didn't like it last week because I really thought that Texas A&M was going to win this game, and I think that the general public, except for Alabama fans, thought that Texas A&M was going to beat them, and that was going to immediately remove any credibility for Alabama for the rest of the year. I think that they sit perfectly at that like eleven or twelve spot because again. Top three defense, one of the best defenses in college football. They are impossible to move the ball against. They're taking the ball away. They're pressuring opposing quarterbacks at a crazy clip. But their offensive issues are going to lead to one or two more other losses. And I think there are more well-rounded teams that I have seen with better playmakers, like the team that I have at number 10, which I'll get to in a second. I just think that lopsidedness, it's hard for me to buy in. Let me ask you this. If, if Iowa was undefeated, would you put them – at, at the end of but the season, see, or here's or the problem that I here's the problem that I hate with the what if games and scenarios okay. like this. Okay, is that they're not right because if they were undefeated, you know what I would have them around. Probably what I have in, with Louisville. Right, we don't have Louisville, who's an undefeated team in the top ten. They have a more impressive win over Notre Dame. I get that it's at home. But here's a question that you have to start asking yourself. This Louisville team, who did have some struggles, first game, they you know they went toe-to-toe with Georgia Tech. It wasn't pretty, but they continue to win. Here's the issue that I have, Joe. You ready? Name another team, and let's say you're 11 to 25, that you're 1,000% confident and or would be a 
favorite against Alabama? Because UNC, Louisville, what other undefeated am I missing here? You had USC ranked, right? No, I did not. You, USC? No, USC, we get clobbered by Bama. So you start – I just don't know about that. I just don't think know your issue. I did not put Bama above Texas, even though Bama beat Texas. I mean, Texas beat Bama. I think they're the better team today than they were a couple of weeks ago. Bama has improved, but my issue is I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they win against most of those opponents. Yes, they beat Louisville. Louisville looks good right now, they but beat UNC. But they're Louisville doesn't beat UNC. No, Bama would beat UNC. I I just don't think that's a foregone conclusion. It, we also at the same time I think it's very important to ask ourselves this because we did this last week with Oklahoma and Texas. Who what competent quarterbacks has Texas gone up against? Quinn Ewers is the only one, and and he played his his best game. So are they really as good as considering we considering what are? Jackson Dart's done the last two weeks? I think you need to throw him in that conversation. He's thrown for seven hundred yards and has ten touchdowns, Joe. I mean, okay, he's done it against two teams that possibly could win the West. By the way, just throwing this out there, newsflash. I, Bama beat Ole Miss and handily in the second half. They Something clicked for them and turned it on. But you know what UNC does not have? Which I guess we should probably go to your top 10 because uh -huh. you have UNC in there. Let's just do this really quickly that way that people get the reference of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, number one, number uh, I have Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Florida State at number three, number four, Oklahoma, number five, Ohio State. So we have the number, same top five in order. Yeah. Number six, Washington, number seven, Oregon, number eight, Penn State, number six, nine, seven, Texas. Eight, we would be fighting over semantics. Which and we we're not going to do number today. Nine, number nine, right. And my number 10 is, is North Carolina. So the question is here, Joe, you put North Carolina into your top 10 at number 10. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe – I don't believe that they beat Louisville today. I don't think that they would beat no. Alabama Come today. Because, I, look, Drake May, okay, still threw a pair of picks against South Carolina. What do you think Bama's defense would do to him? But that's part of my point why I think that North Carolina has had one of the most quietly impressive seasons is that he didn't – he wasn't sharp. He didn't play his best game. He struggled a little bit. He threw those two picks. But what they lacked last year that they now have this year – is they have a pass rush. They've got a defensive line. They have a defense that's actually yeah, standing and up and stopping all people. over their defense and Gene Chizik too. I was so wrong on that. I just think that North Carolina has one game where they got caught up with with App State. It doesn't look good on the resume. Sure, we can knock them for that, but every step of the way, they have dismantled everyone that they've played, and I think that they show a lot more balance than what Alabama has shown us. Sure, Alabama's defense is a lot better than North Carolina's defense. But I would argue that I think that Drake May would be able to hold his own going up against that defense. I, I think that I he know. would be fine. If Quinn Ewers can do what he did, I think Drake May could. No, because he does not have the athletes that Texas does. He doesn't have the O-line. Tez Walker, in this scenario, would likely be the four-best overall receiver that, you know, he's he's not even – he wouldn't even be in Texas's top three, okay? Okay, that's fair. So, I mean – Listen, that North Carolina offensive line, from what I've seen so far, Bama would destroy them. They would not be able to run the football, which would put a lot of pressure on Drake May, and he would have to be Superman. And I got to be real with you. I don't know of a game, which you could probably tell me, and I could be wrong here, 
because I don't watch them religiously. I don't remember a Drake, ga- Drake May game where he went off and won. This year, he did it last week against Syracuse. He had an Syracuse insane game. Syracuse is not a good team. They play Rudy Poop okay. teams. Okay? okay, they just got blown out by Clemson, and everybody wants to say, "Oh, well, that's they beat them forty to three or whatever." That's a great. Okay, sounds good. You beat them at home forty to three, but at at the same time, I know what I'm getting in Bama. I know what I'm getting in Alabama. Yeah, you're right. We and do know what we're getting. We we do know we're, you know we're getting why? Bama. And here's another thing. You know what? UNC is not tested. At some point, there comes a point in these top ten rankings. You got Alabama has played Texas. They've played Mississippi State. They've played Ole Miss, and I'm I'm forgetting somebody else that they played. Um, oh, Who Alabama's playing? Yeah. Oh well, South Florida. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking in South Florida into Alabama's equation. I, I refuse to take them into equation because they were Saban. I think botched that game on purpose. I think he did that on purpose. Okay. Well, we don't know that. I do and know that. I think to your point about yes, we you do. Know they know were they were running the ball on third and nine. We do know what we have with Alabama, and what we have with Alabama is a really good defense and a lackluster offense, when faced with a challenge by a competent coach, they're going to get completely taken out of the equation. I just don't have faith that Alabama is going to be able to beat the remaining top teams in their schedule. Yes. It doesn't matter. The question becomes, I don't care about what they got on their schedule moving forward. I care about if you think that they, that UNC on a neutral field could beat Bama, and you know that – I think that they can. I really no, do they think that they can. Them. Dude, they have, except for the App State game that went to overtime, they have won by multiple scores against every single team that they've played, and they have and smoked. those teams are Bama. But, okay, they have consistently smoked every single person that they've played, every team that they've played. 31-17 to 17 against South Carolina, which South Carolina was hyped up going into the season. But they're Minnesota not good. 31-13. UNC was 41-24, to 24, and Syracuse was 40-7. to 7. I get that they haven't played anybody and it's it's understandable to have that taken to talk about that but at the same time because they haven't played anybody it doesn't mean that we should discredit them their performance I'm not, not, like I'm not discrediting them what I'm saying is is on a neutral field you go out to council bluffs at 7 p.m Alabama's front seven is gonna kill Drake May I just don't agree with that I don't I don't think it's it's just a guaranteed Joe, like they're going to get smoked. Multiple teams with better offensive lines, AM and Texas included. Both of them included. AM, there were times where Bama was waxing that ass. And and no, and North Carolina does not have that old line. And quite honestly, you know what else they do? They go man to man across the board and they would send the house at Drake May, make him beat you. Make him beat you. And he wouldn't do it. Because he, Joe, he doesn't have the dudes around him. They wouldn't be able to run the football. I don't. I. I don't think it's it's that much of a guarantee. I'm, it would be. All right. Both of us had USC out. Now, yeah. I am going to hit a little bit of a teaser. I don't like US what USC's position right now this week versus Notre Dame. Mm-mm. I don't. I never have liked 
ever in the 40 years of podcasting that I've done, five years, I don't like when a team gets embarrassed on the road and then comes back home in a top 25 matchup. The team that's on the road coming into that hostile environment, I never pick them. I stay away from the game. Now, we both have USC out of our top 10. And for me, all I'm going to say is, or and or what I would kind of somewhat ask, I don't know what we're really getting from them, okay, because they, they play so emotional. They're up and down, up and down. One, you know, for seven minutes of one quarter, they look like the best team in the country, even somewhat defensively. They'll get you a stop here and there. And then all of a sudden, I turn around, the next eight minutes of the quarter, they suck. They outright suck, offensively and defensively. If Caleb Williams was not on that team, I don't know where they'd be. I really don't. They'd have multiple losses right now. By the way, it was so stupid that Caleb Williams got all upset in the press conference talking about every. Of course, everyone's going to keep talking about your piss-poor defense. It stinks. It's terrible. It's holding you back. I Joe. The first, the third quarter last week, so did Caleb Williams. The only reason that that team came back last week is because Caleb Williams on multiple drives on third down, remember he spiked the ball, okay? He was rolling right. I know it's a tough throw, but he spikes the ball. He's trying to make a play in the backfield on another, winds up taking a sack, I believe. Mm -hmm. Has another one where he throws the ball away where he's got a wide-ass open crossing route. Well, it's not just the defense at this exact moment, Joe. I I went back and watched that game again today. Caleb Williams has some really bad moments and times. Now, the problem is, is in the flip of a switch, he turns it on, and they look like the best team in the country again offensively with 14 yards per play. Joe, there are times in games where they're clicking offensively. They're gaining 14 yards per play, the best in the country. Nuts. Nuts. Which is insane. Then it's like a tale of two quarters. They either look really good or they look like absolute dog shit. Their defense is way too porous. I'm tired of talking about them as even a contending team. I don't know if the USC-Notre Dame game is where they they fall. I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm probably going to take Notre Dame because I'm a homer and I don't (laughs) like to root against my own team and pick against my own team. But... There is going to be a time down the line that USC does lose more than one game because of their defense. That their defense regressed. I don't, I, Joe. I do not, and you know how I feel about Notre Dame. I said it all day yesterday. I don't feel good for USC in this situation. And no, you know, I mean they're you're pissed hey, off. And you know and what Notre Dame's going to be able to do? <laughs> they gonna run that ball down that down. They. I I hope so. This is either a get right game for Notre Dame's offense or it's a a get-right game for USC's defense. It's just which one comes first. Catholics versus convicts, part two, or West Coast edition. How is that? West Coast edition. Yeah, but why is it Catholics versus convicts? I don't know. I mean, we probably should do that if they play Georgia again. Yeah. Yeah. See, my I was trying to make a joke. It's probably going to get me in trouble. Um. Uh, Look, I don't like USC in the way that they're playing. Alex, Joe, he's got to fire Alex Grinch. He's got to. 
it, USC fans, I know that you're sticking up for your guy. I'm looking you dead in your soul right now. Your defensive coordinator sucks, okay? He sucks. I want to talk about Oklahoma really quick before we do transition. All right, go ahead. We've got Oklahoma at number four in both of our polls. I, I think it's – I'm glad that we're on the same page with this. They belong in this placement at the number four spot um, yep. because they've got one of the best wins. Outside no, of – I mean, they have the best win. Well, then they should be ahead of Florida State, I would argue. I, I No, the only reason – the only reason, Joe, that I don't think that they should be is because Florida State beat Clemson and LSU. Okay, good. Fair point. I think, though, that Oklahoma after that does have – probably the best win of the season against a team that justifiably remains in the top 10 has looked really, really good. Uh, that Texas team and they played them down to the wire. Both those teams are still very, very good. That Oklahoma team is going to sit firmly somewhere in that four or five spot in most polls. And they're going to go unscathed. I, I don't see any possibility on the remaining schedule for them to lose a game unless they completely lay an egg. And I just don't think that's going to happen. <sighs> It's, of course, when I need to make a really good point and I have a really good point, my internet starts sucking. Why? What was the point you were going to make? I don't even remember now. Stupid internet, man. All right, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're fine. You, you're coming. Okay. You're okay. okay. Um, Oklahoma, I do agree with you, has the, the, only, the only thing that I, I'm cautious with here Outside of Dylan Gabriel, Joe, they don't have a running game. I'm worried about yeah. that. I'm really worried about that. They don't have a back that could take anything over. Yeah, they need to do a much better job of incorporating running backs into the running game because you well, they made can. a really good they point. They don't have them. They don't have the personnel. No. it's they That don't. is definitely a problem. That's definitely one thing that's going to hold them back if they – they can throw the ball, and Dylan Gabriel can pick up all those yards, but, man, they don't have anyone right now that's fighting for, for yardage. Now, listen. It happened It happened. 33% of the teams won. Stay with me here. Oklahoma needs to be careful because, if I'm not mistaken, they have a back-to-back a -back road series, okay? Alabama was the only team in the country – over the last 20 years, it's we we I talk about this stat all the time. LSU, Georgia last year, and Alabama this one that went on the road in back-to-back -back weeks and won. That is insane. Oklahoma and Texas both have that at the end of the year. If one if both of them slip up, okay. Well, if especially Oklahoma, I do think that they'll be out of the playoff picture because. I think the pack, the Big 12 champions got to win out. They got to win out. There is no one-loss Big 12. I could see a one-loss Big 10. I could even see a one-loss Pac-12, and a definitely one-loss SEC is getting in. Big 12-wise, you better if, – if you're the commissioner and you want a playoff team in there, you better pray to God Oklahoma doesn't lose. Yeah, that's really going to hurt them. Uh, this The resumes for both of those teams – there's not going to be a lot. It's going to be singular wins that you're going to be pointing to. And that this could be the only one for Oklahoma. All right, so let's do this, Joe. Before we transition to Oregon and Washington up in Seattle, 
Let's talk about our good friends over at Homefield. Homefield Advantage. Go get all your apparel. I know you got to wear shirts. Why don't you help us out? Don't be a freaking Rudy Pooh. Just joking. Thank you to all of our friends that go over to Homefield. Use the promo code Rafino Joe. All the apparel you want. We'll be right back. We'll talk about Oregon and Washington. Why I think the Ducks, quack, quack, flying V, is going into Seattle and going to fly out with the victory. Joe disagrees. We talk about it next. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Something I do think that Michael Penix with a big win this weekend, Joe, could here in the first round. Or here's your end. You ready? So you can clip this. Mm. Oregon and Washington face off this weekend in Seattle. It's a three-point spread for the Huskies. I what I think has been arguably. What the Pac-12 has been missing, Joe, when we talk about good football? You have a top-10 matchup in Seattle, Oregon, Washington this weekend. Let's talk about it. Listen, I've told you, and I told you all offseason, how big of a Michael Penix Jr. homer I am. I remain it. But I've told you over the last couple of weeks the stance that I have as a team I just don't know if Washington is physical enough to be able to take the pounding pause for four quarters that Oregon's going to give them. I think Oregon's got the better offensive line. I think they have the better defensive line. I think they have the better secondary. The only two, three positions, really two positions, I think Michael Penix Jr. is the better quarterback, which could lead them to a victory, and they have the better receiving core. But this game is one up front. It's the reason why I will take Oregon to win this game. I do think it's going to be, Joe, I see it a four, five-point game here at the end. I think Oregon's running game is going to be a little too much for Washington. But I do, in the back of my mind, feel that I should not take the Ducks in this one. Because Michael Penix Jr. could go nuclear. He could go completely off. For that reason, from a betting perspective, I'm staying away from it because I think either team can win here. It's basically a pick em. But if you're asking me what team will win, I'm going to say Oregon. And I think Bo Nix is a good enough quarterback to get them over the hump, even though Washington's going to want to go into their home stadium and score as much as they can. I think you bring up a lot of really good points, and you highlighted that that perfectly. This game 
as I said at the beginning of the show, is revealing for which team is the most legit. And maybe we end up coming out saying the same thing that we did after the Oklahoma-Texas game, that both these teams are really good and are going to be in that championship conversation for their conference and for the college football playoff. I think that Oregon has been the more well-rounded team thus far, and and they've arguably been one of the most well-rounded teams in the entire country. Their offensive line is really good. Their running game is great. They're throwing the ball at a very aggressive clip. They have looked amazing thus far. But at the same time, Washington has been putting up some silly numbers offensively. They've got three NFL wide receivers with Jalen Polk, with Jalen McMillan, and with Roma Dunze. All three of those guys are extremely, extremely talented, and they are burning every single DB and secondary that they go up against. I understand that Washington has not exactly been the most consistent team. They have been able to turn it on when they've needed to. The result against Arizona is a little disappointing for my case here. But I think with the amount that Oregon struggled with Texas Tech, which was their most difficult opponent, that the potent offense that Washington has is going to give them the edge in a close game. I think that if this game comes down to it's tight in the third quarter, a huge momentum shifter is a long shot the Roma Dunze over the top. You can score that quickly. That is how you build momentum, and that's how they've built momentum all season long. That stuff is hard to stop, and it's what makes them one of the best teams in the country, and I think we're going to get proven why. I know that you brought up the concern of Oregon and Texas Tech earlier in the show, but I do think that this team is battle-tested on the road. I think that that Texas Tech win is massive for them. You're basically traveling half of somewhat half of the country to go to Lubbock, Texas, and now you're on a short flight to Seattle. I do think being battle tested half this far into your season benefits you. It's not just Texas Tech. It's also the game that everybody remembers when Oregon took on Colorado. Joe, 159 yards for Shadur. They had really just lackluster performance on the ground. Bo Nix went off 276 yards. He also ran uh, for another first touchdown, but they ran the ball, and they run the ball at such a different rate than everybody really imagines. It's not one guy in that backfield that's going to completely take over. When you look at Oregon, Irving got uh, 10 carries. Jordan James got seven carries. Noah Winnington got eight carries. Ty Thompson got three carries. Dante Dow got two carries. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, Casey Rogers got a a carry for 18 yards. Now, I'm pretty sure that that was the fake punt. But regardless, they come at you in all different types of ways in the running game. They're going to run zone blocking schemes at an effective rate. They're going to run zone read. They're going to run counter. They're going to attack Washington all night long. And I, we have the same thought and agreement, but I just think that Oregon running the football late keeps Michael Penix off the field. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is what Oregon's going to go in here and do. You ready? Mm-hmm. They're going to go full Georgia. Dan Lanning called up his buddy Kirby this week. He said, Curbs, I need some help. And Kirby said, what up, though? And Dan said, Coach, this offense is really good. You face teams like the 2019 LSU national champion. 
You went to the playoff last year, faced a great Ohio State offense. How do I slow them down? And you know what Kirby's going to say? Listen, young buck, run the ball. Play keep away. And I do think that is Oregon's game plan. Joe, listen to me and listen to me good. Just because you're running tempo does not mean that you're not trying to keep the ball away from them. I've seen teams in, in Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin are notorious for this at times where they run hurry up. It looks like they're doing a lot of things because they're sending motions. They're checking at the line. But when you look up at the play clock, it has five seconds left and they're running the football. I just think it's going to be too much. I think we had the same exact take, but the different teams in different ways, it's going to win the team the game. I get the sentiment, and I think it makes sense. It makes perfect sense that if you're trying to keep the best offense in college football off the field, the way that you do that is okay. you run the ball. I got the best, no, 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 no. They're the best offense in college football. Come on now. Okay. They hadn't played nobody. They statistically are the best offense in college no, football. They're not. And they also they no, have three not. NFL wide receivers. How many times do I gotta keep saying that? Okay, but they don't have they've two they don't, you know what they don't have? They don't have LSU's O line and they don't have Logan Diggs, who you poo pooed on. Logan Diggs is the best back in the SEC right now. He's Washington, the best back in the SEC. Washington beats LSU if they play right now, but we're not talking about oh. that. The oh. best offense you're, you're in so the wrong. country, the best offense in the country for Washington. Wrong. They are very difficult to stop. And I agree that that approach of keeping them off the field, that's what you have to do. That's absolutely what you have to do. But I think that this Washington defensive line has gone undervalued. ZTF and Braylon Trice are two of the best defensive ends in college football, in the Pac-12. They are a disruptive bunch when the lights turn on and when they're playing a big opponent. Yes, that Oregon offensive line is great. It's got a guy from my former school, Johnny Cornelius, who transferred there and has been playing out of his mind. What, you were waiting for me to bring that up? I was waiting for oh, you I, to I'm bring gonna, it up. I'm going to bring it up every goddamn show. Go, Roadie, baby. I just think that that group, that defensive front seven, hasn't really needed to play that well, and they've been sleepwalking a little bit, just like Georgia has slept walk. I think that Washington has, has slept walk through a couple of games, and we haven't really seen the true definition of what Washington is. Teams can have bad games. It's it's completely fine to have bad games. But the way that they have waxed some opponents, I think has proved to me that they're the better team than Oregon. Uh, something that's interesting. Oregon's DBU room, I have been told by many people, is dookie. Well, it is. Uh, well, Joe, they're a turnover machine. They're at some they so play Tyler Show. Oh, hold on. Who throws a ton of picks and turns the ball over a lot? And Shadur Sanders, can't. they turned him over, which is you know he's been a little bit better. Jay but everyone else they played is bad. Joe, they I will Portland never State, this. huh? They pull. They played Portland State with one of their opponents, and the turnovers that they're getting are not equal to other turnovers is my point just of because course. Notre Dame can't beat Marshall and you can't get stop a win stop win stop <laughs> stop we're not talking about that we're not talking about that just because most teams win their rental wins doesn't mean anything everybody else doesn't I don't think that secondary is very good 
And I think hey, that that, statistically, you can't you can't deny that they're turning the ball over at a high rate. They're not you, turning you the ball over this game. Well, well, that's where I was trying to go before you really interrupted me and you make it look like I did it, but I didn't do it. Okay. Slow or stow, whatever. Slow, the Texas Tech quarterback. Show. Show, whatever. Shuck. Sorry, Shuck. Tyler Shuck. No, it's, it's got it's a weird print. Shuck. No, it is. It's S H O U G H, but it's pronounced Shuck. It doesn't have a K in it. Yeah, I don't. S H O U G H. For some reason, the commentators say Shuck, and I'm yet to figure out why they say that. Okay. It's, it's the Texas Tech quarterback ran for 100 yards on Oregon. What's interesting to me in this game, I know that Penix wants to throw this baby around all over the place. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I would get him some running action in here. Well, Dylan Johnson's also an underrated running back. I don't, I don't think Dylan Johnson gets a lot of love for they, they just don't run the ball much. They choose not to because they're one of those teams that say, yeah, sure, we could pick up yards running the ball. But why wouldn't we just beat you over the top? Because we know that we can do that with three different guys. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I do think that this is a very evenly matched game, a very evenly matched game. You know what else is interesting? Both teams are really good offensively at staying on the field on third down. Mm. Something's going to have to give here, or you're just going to have a – and I don't think that you're having a massively score – I don't think Oregon is going to waltz in there and score 45, 40, 45 points. Uh, it's possible. This it, thing could well, really it, be high scoring. Well, it is possible, but I, I'm not going to disrespect Washington that much defensively until I see him face somebody. Could they? Yeah. Could both teams? Sure. But Joe, I, I'm just going to tell you, if they, if Oregon gets that running game going early, I'd be nervous because they could bleed a clock out five, six, seven minutes. See, I okay. This is where not so much disagree, but I look at that and I flip it the other way around. Yes, they have the advantage of being a good, potent running team. They've got one of the best rushing attacks. Uh, in the country, their 20th best rushing offense in the country, which is supported by their fifth best passing attack. I think that on the other way around, that they're not on that same level of being able to move the ball as quickly. So if this comes down to a circumstance, a lot of times when I like to look at matchups is if one team's down by two scores, how quickly can they get back into it? And I think that Washington far and away exceeds those capabilities compared to Oregon because right now they've got Troy Franklin who's great and the rest of the receivers are fine they're good they're decent receivers but I am so hung up on that that statistic for for Washington that they're the eighth best team in the country in yards per reception that's a lot who's that means a lot one? I'll tell you right now look it up You might want to say something while I'm looking this up because it's going to take. I a mean, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> see, I'm just waiting for you to say three little letters that start with an L. Well, no, you know who's actually number one? Who? It's it's like Air Force. Oh well, that's yards that's, okay. Here are the top eight. LSU is at sixteen. Okay, Air Force number stat. one. It's such an overrated stat. Oh, shut up. Air Force number one, Liberty number two, Army West Point number three, New Mexico State <laughs> number four, Miami of Ohio. So basically Miami, the running teams. Miami of Ohio number five, Old Dominion six, and then UCLA seven. I, yeah, I mean, that that, num Ooh, that statistic, I would, I would argue 
that Washington is better and has probably a better average than those teams and would realistically be higher if there was no such thing as an option team in 2023 because those numbers are inflated for them because they throw the ball five, six times a game. Obviously, that number is going to be higher. But they'd be they'd be like number three if that was the the real the my point here, they can move the ball quick. They pick up huge chunk plays in an instant. And if Washington's down, they can climb back in quickly. Sam Teets mm-hmm. talks about Kyrie Jackson. I agree. I think you're vastly underrating this uh this Oregon DB room. All right. Let's get to our Heisman's right quick. Uh oh. Um do you want to go? Just go. Just go. Because I know where this is going. Just go. Okay. So my top three right now for the Heisman Trophy, this is in no particular order because I don't think we've had enough time to really figure out separation. I still keep Caleb Williams because he is, as we said earlier, not on that USC team. They might have three losses. My camera's going to die. Okay. Well, you want me to do mine? Can yeah, you hear me while you yeah, do this? Do yours. Okay. I do agree that Caleb Williams probably should be on that list, but I'm also going to go Penix here until Penix proves me wrong. <laughs> this is so bad. It's like I'm looking at. I, I'm just give me a second. <laughs> I, I mean, a black screen. Like this is the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this is probably the worst thing that I've ever done. Um, this is so unprofessional. What are we doing here? You know, we're over here getting nominated for special things, and you can't even charge your battery. Yeah, I wish I was better prepared and trying to fix this from, like, from my chair is, is not helping. Oh, my fucking God. This, just keep going, please. <laughs> I mean, that's what she said. Keep going. You know, deep, long strokes. This is like an episode of Black. (laughs) You don't understand how how fucking pissed off I am right now. I have had an unbelievable amount of technical difficulties this this fucking episode. The stupid camera doesn't work. My fucking chair that I threw across the room. I don't know if you noticed. I kept sinking in the middle of the episode. You did. Yeah, I, I, I am like this close to fucking losing it just holding on but this is the the anger that everyone at the beginning of the show was hoping that they would get i'm holding it together my top three heisman blake this is the 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 end point my top three heisman right now are as follows caleb williams without caleb williams usc is an incompetent team they're not going to win all those games they get upset by arizona if he's not on that team michael Penix, statistically the best quarterback in the country Yes, Jaden Daniels is right behind him, but he has put up some stupid passing numbers. And then number three for me, Dylan Gabriel put himself on the map with the 380 or so yards total that he had in that game and the massive plays that he made for his team to win the football game. Those are my top three. Do you respect Hugh Freeze as a coach? Yes, I do. Great. Because today, Hugh oh Freeze in his press conference. Hold on. I did not interrupt you. <sighs> Hugh Freeze, the offensive wizard that he is, said if Jane Daniels is not in the Heisman discussion, 
then there is an absolute massive problem. Hugh Freeze directly was taking a shot at you. He called. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I texted it to Hugh. I said, Hugh, this Joe, he, Rudy Poo didn't even have Jane in there. He goes, watch this, my, my guy. And he goes out and says, basically, Joe DeLeon's a dummy. Because, listen, I understand the loss thing. I do. I really do. But USC hasn't played anybody. Okay? They almost got beat by Arizona and Colorado. The difference was, Jane Daniels' team actually played teams worth a shit. Okay? Undefeated teams, ranked teams. And then what? I mean, we're talking we're talking about Caleb Williams barely getting past Arizona. And I know that he is the Heisman Trophy winner. But an overtime win against Arizona does not beat a win versus Missouri. It doesn't beat a win versus Arkansas. And, Joe, here's another thing. That same Arizona team, the same one, went to overtime with Mississippi State that LSU absolutely blew out. Blew them out. Even the defense kept Mississippi State to under 200 yards. This historically bad defense. Yet, I guess Caleb Williams and USC just, it, 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 it's whatever. So, to say that Jane Daniels does not get the same, I don't want to say favor as Caleb Williams. Joe, I think Caleb Williams is going into South Bend in the end of this weekend and losing. It's the only good team that he's played so far. Okay, well, then the conversation on Caleb Williams changes if that does happen. But one can't argue that Caleb Williams. I'm not. He's where, no one. There is no one else in the. There is no one else in the country that has more of an impact for their team than Caleb Williams. I I vehemently disagree. Okay, they, they wouldn't be anywhere in a, on our Joe, radar. Or she might be one and four. They might okay. be two and three. So my point is, but Caleb Williams is in my top three. Don't get it mistaken. Yes. Okay. He's in my. I texted you this earlier. He's in my top three. But I do think, like Tebow, like RG three, I'm not. I'm not saying he wins it. I don't think he wins it right now. But to say he's not on the panel of three going to New York, Joe, if the season ended right now, mm -hmm. if the season ended right now, I don't think that you could even give Gabriel Gabriel the nod over him because that team around him is much better. He can, he can afford, like he did on Saturday, to make a mistake. He almost threw a pick. And his defense comes up with a goal line stand against Texas. But Jane, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jane Daniels has to be perfect. He has to be perfect every week. So he's had to score 40-plus points. By the way, here's something interesting for you. You ready? Mm -hmm. It's basically a win-loss thing because he has more yards at this point than Joe Burrow did. He's only five touchdowns less than what Burrow had at this exact point. He has a better completion percentage. He has better rushing yards. He has he has more rushing touchdowns. So they are pretty much deadlock and key. 
Burrow and Daniels at this point when Burrow won in the 19. And I'm not going to just go Burrow. You know who else that he matches up with at the, almost this exact point? Who? Bryce Young. At this point during the season when Young won it, he also was almost identical to Bryce Young numbers-wise. Almost. But Daniels has him in yards and touchdowns in both categories. So how can you say that a team that was that flawed in Bama, who lost to AM, I might add, they lost still to reached the national they, they reached the national championship, though. But at that point, at that point, they're coming off a loss to AM. But the word was given at the end of the season. We're not talking well, about it well, wasn't well, a given well, what I'm saying six is, weeks. Everybody else around him that are Heisman Trophy winners, when you go stats for stats, yards for yards, and team, because Heisman is an individual award, the best player in the country. It's not given to the team. It's not. And you know what else? There's a Heisman clause about representing who you are. Painting on your nails, F Tulane, F Utah. Okay. 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 I understand that stuff. I don't think that Caleb Williams wins it at the end of the year. I think somebody eventually is going to overtake him. But yes, it is not a team award. It is an individual award. But when we're talking about quarterbacks for specifically the Heisman Trophy, not about the NFL draft, I don't I don't want to bring up any of that stuff, not for legacy. I had brought, brought for, it up. But it tends to get brought up when we talk about quarterback stuff. This award, it is important to talk about the outcome of games of the best opponents that they've played. Yes, statistically, he's got some of the best numbers in the country. Yes, he has made some of the best plays in the country to keep his team in games in important parts. But when you're one and two, correct? One and two in your ranked matchups that you've played against, one of them was a bit of a blowout against Florida State. That's a problem. And he I had 400 yards in. I can't pick a guy who has not, who has struggled in those instances. He has. I understand. You're. There, his team hasn't won in those instances. His team and to bring he has, but outcome of games is important for this award. Sure, it's important you know for what, this award. You know what every Heisman Trophy winner has had? What competency defensively? Well, that's that sucks for Jane Daniels that his team isn't winning the games that they're supposed to because I think I there wouldn't be a debate, there wouldn't be a debate against him. You have to win those games. No, there wouldn't be a debate if he was four and one instead of or or if they hadn't lost to Ole Miss. I think the discussion would be different if they hadn't lost to Ole Miss. Yeah, and you know what? When a team gives up damn near a half a mile, lit almost literally, not literally. I just I, I can't. I'm not going to blame Jaden for because here's the truth: LSU overexceeded expectations last year. Because Brian Kelly brought in a bunch of portal guys that hit. But people forget that this team had 39 scholarship players two years ago. Okay. And was completely just absolutely abysmal. Okay. Okay. I'm just I'm talking about right now, though. Again, his performance has been great. He is number four for me on this list. But I have to account for Michael Penix making all the plays that he has and being unscathed. And now he's going to wait. He is okay, but just because he hasn't played anybody yet 
does not mean that he is not going to show up and play the same way against the rest of the opponents that he has. But against Oregon, if he plays a really, if he plays a really good game against Oregon, he belongs. You can't come in here and say if he does this, this, and this, then he. I'm just saying when he there. will do this. You're right. I shouldn't be saying if because I know Jane you will, hasn't beat. You literally Jane hasn't beaten. It. Hasn't beaten two of the three teams. You that he's literally played that just ranked. came in here and said if he does this this weekend. When he will, when he beats Oregon, he will be at the top of the okay, list, and he should be at the top. What you really of the mean list. is if it doesn't matter the the word you use. If he beats Oregon, I'm not if, giving the award to somebody who, who's on a team. With, for five, if he throws for 400 yards and they lose because his defense gives up 800 yards defensively, my I argument don't want to hear about a word about Michael Penix. Yeah, my argument changes. Winning games is important for the quarterback position for the Heisman Trophy. You're supposed oh, to be the best. Wait, wait a minute. I just got a handy-dandy text. Did Michael Penix have a game where he accumulated zero touchdowns? What game was that? Was it the Arizona game? He's, no, wait despite, a minute. Wait, despite that, he's still statistically one of the leading the country. He doesn't, in he doesn't lead in yards and touchdowns. He doesn't. Who does? Jane Daniels does. He might lead in yards, actually, but he doesn't lead in touchdowns. Michael Penix is number two. Shadur Sanders is number one. Touchdowns, I think he's got like 16. Michael Penix says 16. Jane Daniels, Daniels says 19. 19. So he went a whole game without accumulating a touchdown, and we're talking about Jane Daniels having to score seven of them. All right, well, I'm going to – I'm going to flip this on you. You saying that if, if Michael Penix plays poorly against, or if Michael Penix loses, we can't talk about him anymore. But if he plays, it balls out and beats Oregon, he deserves to be at the top of the list. Hey, one of them, yeah. But by the way, I know that we got to wrap it up here. Yeah. You're not going to believe who just gave me that information to school you there. I have oh. to tell you off air. Okay. <laughs> Good looking out, huh. JD. See, you don't know who I'm talking about because your initials are JD too. Uh huh. I still love you. I don't. I know. Okay. God, <laughs> we can't have a. We can't. Uh, yes, we can. We get a plenty of debates. See y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>